1: Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas.
2: Woo-hoo! Welcome to today's show. I am so glad that you are tuned in today. We have a fabulous message today. First of all, happy resurrection. Happy resurrection. Passover, uh, Easter, some of you may call it Easter, but all we know for sure is that Jesus has risen. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, Please stay for the latter part of our show today. The message is on the meaning of the Passover and what its significant is to us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, my guest is. I welcome my uh, wife once again, and uh, I, I I am excited about having my wife on the show. And
3: amen, it's it's,
2: <laughs> it's kind of nice to team up with her. I, amen. you know, it uh, it helps us uh, our marriage definitely. And so I'm glad you're here today, uh, Cleta Rioja's wife. Can you uh, share a little bit about yourself before we get into some Q
3: and A? Well, I'm excited always to. To support this ministry in any way possible, I, you know, being a past, I'm a pastor's wife. For, obviously, for those <laughs> of you, pastor's wife, a mom of two beautiful girls, um, uh, founder of an educational center, and you know, um, I, I think an entrepreneur at heart. You know, it's I, I could say I'm I, am, I could be I think there's this you know hashtag you know um, trad wife going on across. Um, uh, America and I think that's amazing because traditional um, being a traditional wife is definitely a biblical concept. In the same time, the Proverbs thirty one wife was also, you know, mindful of being an entrepreneur and how to still bring in income to the family while raising the children from a biblical standpoint.
2: Perspective, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Clito Riojas. <laughs> so be- before we get started, uh, uh, you know, how long have you been saved? and And when did that happen for you?
3: You know, I think it was mostly it's all you know a Christian walk is always a journey, but I know that you know growing up, you know you and I have similar backgrounds, I think yours you know in in some ways you know, I was raised by a single mom, so I was in and out of church not as much you know my it wasn't consistent, so I'd have moments in church of being saved, but it wasn't honestly, I would say until my mid twenties, where it was, it everything m- came together and it made sense. So, so I would say yes. I, yeah. I like
2: when you said <laughs> it makes sense. But when did you actually give your life to the Lord Jesus?
3: Surrendered completely. And it's interesting you say that. So 100 percent completely by the age of 25. And and I remember because um, that's and, and I think when I say journey, it's is that's when you say, okay, I'm done with the world. I'm completely surrendering it all to you, Lord. Help me, save me. Teach me how to be the woman you created me to be and not what the world or my experiences shaped me at that point. And so I think it's when we completely surrender, in my personal view, from my personal experience.
2: Well, there's, it's more than an experience. Let, yes. Let, let me yeah. uh, kind of share a little bit about <laughs> that because there's a lot of people that go to church. Yes. But going to church does not make you a Christian.
3: Amen. That's true. Um
2: and there's a lot of people um that were raised in the church but it doesn't make them a Christian until they ask Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, for some it's an instant transformation for for a lot of others it's a walk that leads into a continual transformation. As they're walking and they're leaving everything behind. I, I've known people where it's, they're giving their life to the Lord and, and they show up to church every other Sunday and it isn't until right. uh, one day God just gets a complete hold and they completely surrender their will to God's. But they were saved earlier, they just didn't have. Uh, this complete surrender mm. in yes following God, because uh, again, going to mcdonald 's uh you know doesn 't make you a big Mac, <laughs> or going to in and out doesn 't make you a double double <laughs> <laughs> and so but that's that 's awesome i 'm glad we 're uh touching up on that, so oh, yeah. you were twenty five when you finally gave your life to the Lord.
3: Yes. And, and again, you know, and I'll say that, you know, even though you do the sinner's prayer when you're younger, it wasn't until I was 25 where, where it did click. And then I also want to add in there, and, and those are for you who are listening, and those who have the time and opportunity to pour into, um, you know, those who are young in the faith, I had really great mentors at that time at 25. And had I had that at an earlier age, I probably would have been further along in my walk with the Lord. And that's why... Now, it's so important to me that not only do I pour into our own children, but that I'm available to pour into the younger generation and, you know, and then the women in our church because that's what, you know, looking back, had there been more women there to like, I'm available for you, let me, you know, help and guide you, that makes a huge difference to be a mentor um, to someone. So I I know
2: you go to church at the cross, of
3: course. (laughs)
2: Um, are you currently
3: mentoring any women? Yes, all the time. Yes. And, and, you know, um, not only just the women, but also, um, the children in our, in our educational center. Yes.
2: Amen. I, I think what's also amazing is you're entering, you're uh, helping women along their path, but you also have a mentor yourself.
3: Oh, of course. Every, um, I think that if we say that we've made it, then, you know, you know, be careful because the Lord definitely will humble you. Because I don't think we've, we can ever say that we've made it. I mean, you look at all the great men and women in biblical history, and they were still learning even in their old, you know, in their latter years. And so we always need someone that we can, that will pour into us so that as we get older, we can continue giving back. So it's kind of a you know, that's Christian Community 101, you know, where you're, you know, you're supporting each other along your journey.
2: Yeah, there's a verse that says, if any of you thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. Amen. Like, you better take heed. <laughs> you better listen up, boy or girl, <laughs> lest you fall. And, and and that just takes reading your Bible on a daily basis and praying and making sure you're fellowshipping, going to church. Those are important things. I mean, they're very important for the growth of a Christian. But I wanted to ask you something. I know you have an event coming up with women and and young uh, girls from, is it 10 years and up or 12 Mm -hmm. and up?
3: Yeah. So um, we have a couple, well, it's really- What's the
2: event called first?
3: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So it's a conference. It's called Passion for His Presence, and it's a women and and, uh, youth conference for young ladies- and um, we've actually had the speaker on the show not too long ago, Deborah Martinez. The youth speaker we have is Kristen Kenny. And so this year it's May fifth and sixth. And um, passion for His presence really comes from actually the the Deborah Martinez, as you know, some of your listeners may not, is is my mentor. And as her and I have been praying about, you know, this conference and what God has been showing us. We've been seeing how, I think many times, um, you know, all the stuff that you go through in your Christian walking, your journey, you forget that if you, you know, like you said, digging into your word, spending time in prayer, but having that passion to be in his presence is only, um, a, uh, a, you're able to experience that when you spend time in his word, you spend time in prayer, and then you're... All you can think about is every day is I want to spend time to hear from you know from our father and and spending time and, and drawing close and I think in 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 society or in the world today we get so caught up in the hustle and the bustle of life and in our our duties as as you know either a mom our wife or you know maybe our work duties or, or even ministry duties and we don't spend that time to where. We passionately want to be in His presence. I and, and I and I go back to. I remember when we were in Israel. Um, of course, I had the opportunity to go, and you did, and my husband wasn't able to. But I remember back in 2016, you know, being a, a mom of two young uh, girls, and I just was desiring. Oh, you, know, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, I got to get away, and and you know, and you know, from everything, just to be in His presence, but. Many times we think we have to go somewhere, like our mountaintop experience, and in my case, it was going all the way to Israel.
2: So Mm -hmm. let me
3: ask you a question. Oh, yeah.
2: I want to make sure we stay like... On track. With
3: oh, us. with the conference.
2: With the conference.
3: <laughs> yes, sorry. So,
2: when is the conference again?
3: Yes, it's May fifth and sixth. And, and so,
2: how do people sign up yeah. or register? So,
3: if you go to uh, the church website, it will be on on there. Uh, you'll see it all okay. over. And
2: what's, what's the church website? Web,
3: church website is at thecrossoceanside.com. dot com.
2: And is that the only place to register?
3: You can yeah register there. You can go and follow us on uh, social media on Instagram. Uh, we have it posted there, and there's links to actually um, so how follow do they us follow as well. You,
2: how do they follow you on Instagram?
3: Instagram is at the Cross Oceanside Church.
2: Okay, and um, any, anywhere else where they can follow you on social media,
3: um, they can. Uh, I have a social media account. It's just Cleta Riojas on Instagram um, as well. Um, I'm mostly active on, I would say, on Instagram. That I am Facebook, but yes.
2: Is there a telephone number?
3: A telephone number is seven six zero. Nine nine four
2: three five three four. Okay, so hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as I am currently interviewing uh, my wife, Clita Riojas, and she's speaking about an event that's uh coming up that will be with young young
3: women and older women. Um what's the event called, Clita? Mm-hmm. It's called Passion for His Presence. May It's going to take place May 5th and 6th at At the Cross Church in Oceanside. And um, for the youth, it's age basically 10 to 18. And for the women, of course, women's age.
2: Mm-hmm. So is there a, a discount if they register beforehand?
3: Yes. We do have an early bird special going on right now. So for those of you that are listening now on Resurrection Sunday, if you click, go on to com there will be a special promo code for you to register, um, and it would be um, FREEDOM.
2: FREEDOM. Okay. So now uh, you were talking about uh, uh, being passionately in love with Jesus. So what is Deborah Martinez, who's going to be speaking to the women, actually going to speak about?
3: Mm -hmm. So the verse that we're kind of focusing on is psalm 65 4 which says blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house the holiness of your temple and so again it's really just going back to bringing us back to wanting that desire of being in his presence on a daily basis and not just once in a great moon when we go to a conference but practicing that daily so they will uh, get taught
2: or mm-hmm. directed and shown how to be in his presence on a daily basis?
3: From a biblical standpoint, we'll bring you right to Scripture. The conference is really geared into what does God's Word say about um, staying close to him in in Scripture and on a daily basis.
2: What do you do to stay close to the Lord on a daily basis?
3: <laughs> I think most of me, of my time is... In the morning, like with you, you and I are morning people, but we kind of, you know, you you like to go and have your time in a separate quarter of the house, so to speak. And it's usually early in the morning when God captivates my attention, and that's the time where it's spending in His Word, uh, listening um, to worship, and just really just kind of meditating on, you know, hearing His voice and. And asking him, you know, and making sure, am I in your will? And what else can I do? And then, of course, that's when I spend time praying for all of those who, um, you know, that I'm, you know, my, met, the w- women that I met tour as well as um, any other opportunities that God hey, brings my way.
2: Amen. What about the young ladies or the young girls? Uh, you said it's 10 and up. Is that what it was? Or is it 12 and up?
3: Mm hmm. So, uh, um, is it
2: 10 or up or 12 and up?
3: Well, it, it is 12 and up. I mean, and, okay. and I say that only because our daughter is 11. And so, she, you know, we do have two girls that are 11 years old that are going. So, so yes. So we, we make the exception because it really is going to be digging in to uh, what it means to be a young lady staying pure and, and really, um, developing that foundation at at a very young age. And you know, being separate from what this world has to offer, what the world's throwing at these, you know, these young girls, and it's it's more than I can even. I I think when I was my daughter's age, gosh, it's not even. Well, you see <laughs> what's going on out there in the world. So you said they can be
2: as young as ten years old. Then
3: yes, yes. If okay. yeah, because it's it's a you know it is a conference. I, I would say ten, eleven. You know, someone who's mature and wanting to. Draw close to the Lord. Um, You know, obviously, our daughter, our nine-year-old, would not want to sit in the conference. She's like, "No, Mom, I'd be bored." (laughs) So, is it?
2: It's a two-day event. Yes. Does it fall on a Thursday and Friday, or Friday and Saturday?
3: Uh, Friday and Saturday. So Friday, it's six thirty. Is we kick off with the worship, um, and we go to about eight thirty-nine, and then Saturday is where where a lot of the teaching and the breakout sessions happen with um you know the two different groups the women's the, and the youth group and so we'll be there all day Saturday until uh 3.
2: So on Friday are there any appetizers oh, any yes. food Oh yes.
3: Of course we love to take care of our ladies we actually love going above and beyond with uh creating the decor and um the the food so this the definitely definitely includes food um Saturday morning you uh, we feed breakfast uh lunch and then we have um obviously a platter of food throughout the day for the ladies to um you know satisfy their their physical <laughs> as we're feeding their spiritual.
2: <laughs> so on on Friday night someone could come and and there's enough uh, stuff there to to
3: quench somebody's <laughs> hunger, right? Yes, and we encourage we we don't what, what we never turn anyone away. So if it's even, you know, if we're full we will make room for for any woman that is, you know, just hearing this for the first time. We, we will make room for them.
2: So they register where now?
3: One more time uh-huh. at thecrossoceanside.com. dot com. And what are the dates? It's May fifth and sixth. So uh, let me ask you a question. I just
2: I, I i believe it's important enough to to let others that want to see their their children. Uh, and themselves guided in the way of the Lord, uh, because we are living in some pretty uh, dark days. Mm-hmm. I mean, things are changing rapidly. What what wasn't accepted, I, I'm going to say two years ago now is, and so things are changing so fast. Um, you're a parent. You're a mom. You're bringing in the speaker for the young girls. What do you know about her?
3: Mm -hmm. Um, She's actually someone who's being mentored by my mentor. And so, you know, her and I have that in common. We're actually going to be um, co teaching with with the youth. So I'll be alongside her with the young ladies and, um, you know, help guiding uh, the conference and the teaching and the biblical everything.
2: So do you know what uh material uh is going to be used for the children or is it just some something you guys put together?
3: Mm. So we, we're not using any particular curriculum. It is something that we're uh putting together that God has put on our heart and that and it does come from not just that verse, but just um teaching these young ladies of having a passion for his presence at a year at an early age and then how to cultivate that and and develop a strong foundation as they go through the through the process their years at a young age.
2: So you know you have two daughters, there might as well <laughs> um, what motivates them to want to seek the Lord that you would incorporate with the rest of the children? Because our, our girls are on the worship team, mm-hmm. midweek service. Mm-hmm. They love to yeah. read. They love to memorize mm-hmm. scripture. Um, what do you think would encourage a child? If you're just talking to a parent right now, they're saying, I'm mm-hmm. having a difficult problem time, problem time, even getting my children to church. They'd rather stay home, watch TV, or they'd rather stay in bed. What do you do, or how would you encourage a listener right now, mm-hmm. Um, how they can go about to encourage and to uh, get their children following the Lord.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, um, first and foremost, it always starts, of course, we know at at the home, right? Because you can go to church on Sunday or you can go to a Christian school and, and not be, but if you're not directly involved in your child's um upbringing from a um, and, and and teaching them the ways and bringing them to god's word bringing them to a time of worship praying with them then if they don't see it from you first off then it's it's going to be very difficult for them now that being said one of the things that we have done um is our children love going to church they love meeting friends new friends um Uh, And, you know, it's creating it's there's being a Christian and growing up in a Christian community is when you help them to understand it from a biblical standpoint and you really draw in that it it is fun. It's actually more fun than, you know, and I think our girls and, and their friends can see the stark difference of, you know, when we're at the beach the other day, you know, our, you know, Group is very conservative <laughs> right. for the most part and when they see you know the young girls and younger generation on you know on their phones and on TikTok and dressing very provocatively and there's no parents around and I think that's also something for your listeners as, as a parent um, I think it's your responsibility don't just let you know, your children go off and raise each other, right? That's what we see in public schools. You have, they're being raised by each other. That's very important that we as parents and as mentors, um, are around them, you know, have being in their conversations, you know, and help guiding the conversation. Maybe a conversation comes up where you hear it because you're next to your, you know, children and you can guide them back into, well, let's talk about that. And it's really being, um, uh involved in, in every day of your child's of your child's life. And I think many times people you know, it for me as a mom, I love spending time with my children. Um as a matter of fact, like right now, on our day on our days when we do this, you know, it's our time but they you know, they have grandma time, but I look forward to spending time with my children, and it breaks my heart when I hear parents say, "Oh, I need a break for my child." Now I understand if it's like a in a single mom situation. I was raised by a single mom, sometimes, you know, and I, I get that they need break, break time, and 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 so on. But I think it's important that parents first and foremost. Um, really start to understand their role and that children are a blessing and that we have the opportunity and we are blessed with an opportunity to pour into what God has blesses with with these children and you know to see those bless you know when I think of our girls I I know that we'll see so much fruit come from it um we may not you know you know see it automatically but we will see the fruit of us pouring into them so Last but not least, I would just say that, that, you know, really being involved in your child's every day, spending time with them in the word, um, praying with them and bringing them to church and and doing it as well, going to midweek service um, so they can be a part of youth, going when the youth have activities, go to those activities. um, But also don't do a drop off. Don't just, you know, a lot of times churches... Trust me, they need servants to help. So being involved in the activities with your child will show them, wow, you know, mom, dad really do like this rather than dropping them off. And then also being in, when you're there, being there. Don't, you know, I know as parents, we get busy. The phone seems to be like a computer. So put the phone down, you know, spend time with your child and and in that whole environment, whether it's a field trip or whatever it is and stuff. But I think that's the one thing if if any advice i would give to a pa- parents listening out there or a single single parents um do they're only, oh my goodness, 18 years goes by fast.
2: So what you're saying is spend time with your child.
3: Yes, spend time. And, and eventually if, if you got into that mentality of, oh, I need, you know, I can't spend time with my child because that's the culture of today. The culture of today says, oh, you need, you know, your time away from a child. But no, but that's not how it's been. You know, the children are a blessing. They're, they're ha- you know, they're, your DNA is running through them. When I look at my Amen. children, I see you. You know, and then I love you. And so then I'm like, oh, I love my girls. They look like their daddy. Or, you know, and so I see them and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's like you just you love your children. And so, yeah, spending time with them. Amen. So once again, what's this event called? Oh, yeah. So uh, Passion for His uh, Presence. And it's May 5th and 6th. And it's for um, women and uh, young ladies conference.
2: On the f- May 5th, mm-hmm. what time does the event
3: start? 6.30
2: to 8.30. On May 6th, what time is the event?
3: nine a.m. to three p.m.
2: And so there will be uh, uh, some uh,
3: food yes. on Friday. And <laughs> yes, we will feed. We will feed you, ladies. Come and, and we'll feed you. And there'll be breakfast and <laughs> yes, lunch breakfast, lunch on
2: Saturday. Yes. Okay. So again, how do they register?
3: Um, if you go to atthecrossoceanside.com, dot you can click on the links that we have provided for registration, um, as well as any extra information. You can call the church at 760-994-3534 for if you have any additional questions in regards to anything with this event.
2: Amen. So you know what's uh, made uh, you a blessing uh, with all of this children and women's conferences that you put together with people from the church and other churches that help you put these together mm-hmm. is that you're a mom, you're educated, you have your master's degree, you're going back to school to get your doctorate, doctorate, <laughs> yes, uh, and so you continue Amen. to pursue and I think it's a great thing because we need to be ready all the time for mm-hmm. the coming of Jesus but we should always continue to occupy Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Hey, (laughs) come back. We'll see you guys in a few minutes for a great message on the resurrection and the first Passover. We'll see you in a minute. God bless you. We love you. And thank you for tuning in. We'll see you right back.
1: board. Freedom
4: Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through seventh grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023 visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at thecrossoceanside.com
2: Woohoo! Welcome back to the show and to the best part of it. Today I want to wish you uh, an amazing Passover, resurrection or as some of you may call it Easter but I want to go back to the very first Passover and its significance with what Jesus did on the cross because a lot of us don't understand this blood, bloody sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for you and I. That was done so that you and I could inherit eternal life and be forgiven for our sins and be brought back to God to a perfect standing the way it was before with Adam and Eve. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for showing up on the scene. Now, most of you know that the very first sacrifice was done by God himself after Adam and Eve sinned and ate the fruit It was God who slayed an animal to clothe Adam and Eve. And so right from the beginning, we have the blood sacrifice, the clothing for mankind. And I love it because from early history, as soon as Adam and Eve blew it, God wanted to redeem mankind to himself himself. So we know that in Genesis 3.15 is the first time we hear about an amazing thing. And I'm going to read that to Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, talking to Satan, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his head. So from Yet go, we see the virgin birth, because remember, the seed is from man, but it's saying from thy seed, that was because Jesus was going to be born miraculous, and bruise, or stomp out the head of Satan. But uh, let's get to the full meaning of what the Passover, the resurrection means, and why we do it. Of course, you know that Israel was in Egypt for 430 years, at least 400 of of them years, they were enslaved to the Egyptians. And we all know, we probably watched the movie. We probably heard it in church and we may have even read it ourselves uh, about the man that God used to free the Jewish nation from Egypt, Israel, his beloved. And here we go. So if we go back to to Exodus, if you remember when God uses Moses to go to Pharaoh, and we'll start off in uh, Exodus chapter 7, verse 8. And this way you will understand what the resurrection, what the Passover is, and what it signifies for you and I. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, again, Exodus 7, 8. When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show me a miracle for you, then thou shalt say on Terran, Take thy rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went on to Pharaoh, and they did so, so the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, and they also did like in the manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But... Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods and he hardened Pharaoh's heart and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So here is where we see that Pharaoh's heart was already hard and God just helped him a little bit more. You want to harden your heart? Well, let me help you along the way. But it was done for his glory. And as we see, uh, the first plague After Moses refused to let the people go was the blood in the water, in the rivers, in the Nile. And everything became a bloody mess. That was the first plague. Then we see the second plague, which was the frogs on the land. And that's in chapter 8 of Exodus. And then later on in Exodus chapter 8 and verse 16, we see the third plague, which is lice. And then on the fourth plague, in verse 20 of chapter 8 as well, we see uh, the flies, the next plague. And then the fifth plague, in chapter 9 of Exodus, we see the pestilence upon the beast. And then the seventh plague, we see the hail mixed with thunder and lightning and fire that it was causing. And then in chapter 10 of Exodus, we see the eighth plague, which was the locust. And then in the same chapter, verse 21, we see the ninth plague, which which was a total darkness that they could actually feel. That's how dark it was. And then, of course, we get to chapter 11. And this is where you and I will get a better understanding of how And when the first Passover happened, and here it is, the 10th plague in, in Exodus chapter 11, the Lord said unto Moses, yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go from here. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out from here altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor, or take from his neighbor, or ask his neighbor, and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people." And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservants that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beast." And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against a man or beast, that they may know that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel." Now, God had made a covenant with Israel. If you have ever read the story of Abraham in early Genesis, we see how God blessed him and says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And so, in chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 1, we see, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron and the hand of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of the months. It shall be the first months of the year to you. Speak you unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of the fathers, a lamb for a house. Now, I want to just reference you to the New Testament and John 4.19, guess who is called the Lamb of God? And that is Jesus, Jesus Christ. And if that house will be too little for a lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year you shall take it out from the sheep from the goats. Now it's interesting to read this verse because Jesus is called a lamb, the lamb of God in John 129. In John 129, John the Baptist calls Jesus the Lamb of God and Paul is. In 1 Corinthians 5, 7 calls it the very first Passover that happened when Jesus was crucified. And as we go, all of this will make sense to you. Now, again, what's beautiful, 1 Peter in 119, Peter calls Jesus that he, uh, someone without blemish, and the sacrifice for you and I, for us. So here's where we begin to understand what the Passover was and what the Passover is for all those that know Jesus. And you shall keep it up unto the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it, in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door doorposts of the houses where they shall eat it. This blood signifying the sacrifice, the lamb without blemish, this perfect man who was Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the lamb of god who went to the cross for you and i and this is where we get its significance from and if we skipped over to exodus 12:21 we see this when moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them draw out and take you a lamb according to your family and kill that passover and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two sides posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. Listen, if you just tune in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. As we are going through the book of Exodus, we are in chapter 12, and we're understanding what the Passover is and how Jesus was the sacrifice for the Passover. And as we continue in Exodus 12, 23, we see, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door, and, And will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And now, as we skip over to verse 29, it says, And it shall come to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from this firstborn a pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the cattle. So this is the significance is when God saw the blood that was on the lintel and on the post, it was looking ahead into the future. It was looking ahead into when God himself, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh showed up in man's history and redeemed mankind to himself for all those that called upon him. Remember, as the Bible says he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to be called the sons of God. Now as we continue in Exodus 12.30, and it says in And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both you and your children of Israel. Go and serve the Lord as he has said. Also take your flocks and your herds. As you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we will all be dead men. We will all be dead men. So there you have it. That is the first Passover, where the angel of death passed over Egypt and slew the very firstborn, and he passed over all those that had blood on their post and on the lintel of their doors. He saw the blast, the blood sacrifice. He was looking ahead. So, for all of you that accepted Jesus Christ. The angel of death has no power over you because you have been washed, washed. Excuse me, with the blood of Jesus. Now, what we know is that the Passover brought freedom to the people of Israel. And now, as we go into the old, into the New Testament, we go to Matthew. 27, we will see what Jesus did for you and I. And this is amazing. In twenty-seven, twenty-nine. it says this, And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and he mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Jesus did that for you and I. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off of him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross, a man from Ethiopia. This man carried the cross for Jesus. And they were come unto the place called Golgotha or Calvary. That is to say, the place of the skull. Verse 34 of Matthew 27 says this, And they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. When he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified and parted his garments, casting lots that he might fulfill, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture they did cast lots. Now, that is an interesting verse because when you go back to the psalms the prophet that wrote this was king david so he is being called a prophet in uh, the new testament by uh, matthew and it says this in in verse in math in psalms 22 excuse me it says this now the psalm This call is the psalm of the cross. This is what Jesus says. I know that in the New Testament we have the seven sayings of Jesus at the cross. But this is the psalm of the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my roaring? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not in the night season. I am not... Silent, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and thou didst deliver them. He delivered them. He delivered them from Egypt, as we just read. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. God delivered the Israelites from the Egyptians at that Passover, as we just read. And Jesus says, but I am a worm and not a, and no man, a reproach of man and despised by the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot off the lip. They shake their heads saying he trusted on the Lord. Do you find your place, yourself in that place where they say he trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him? Let him deliver him seen that he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have come past me, strong bulls. O oh, Bashan had beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a raving and a roaring lion poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. Remember, not a bone was broken, and my heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowls. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust. Of death for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. And here it is. They part my garments among them. They cast lots upon my vesture. But be thou. Not far from me, O Lord, O my strength, haste to help me, deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog, save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I would declare thy name unto my brethren, in the midst of the congregation I would praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him, all ye seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye seed of Israel, fear the Lord. Praise him for what he did on the cross. That prayer, that cry from Psalms 22, is something that Jesus fulfilled on the cross. And as we come back to Matthew 27 and read what it says um, in verse Matthew 27:36, and sitting down, they watched me there. They sit up over his head; his accusation written. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and one on the left. And they that passed reviled him, wagging their heads. Now what's, what's amazing is in Luke chapter 23, we see this amazing conversation that takes place on the cross as Jesus is hanging. There's something that takes place, something beautiful. It says this in Matthew, in Luke chapter 23. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, two thieves. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots, and the people stood. Beholding the rulers also, and they deride him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And as this conversation is going um, in verse uh, 40, we say this, but the other answering, they started derailing him in verse 39. And one of the male factors, which was hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him. He got it on the cross. His last dying breath. He called unto Jesus. You can do that. That's the mercy. That's the goodness of God. That's the Passover. And it says, He says, For we receive due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. But he said unto Jesus, unto Jesus, Lord, remember when thou comest in thy, into thy kingdom. Jesus said unto him, barely I say unto you, today you shall be with me in paradise. This person calls out on the cross, his dying breath, and Jesus says, this day you will be with me in paradise. No no long life of serving God, no really repentant heart ever until his last dying breath. And Jesus forgives them. And as we continue and, and close up in Matthew 24, it says this in verse 27, 39. Excuse me. And they that passed reviled and wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, If thou be the Son of God. Come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocked him with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Jesus is the son of God on the cross hanging for you. The greatest Passover of all time. Verse 45 says this. And from that six hour, there was darkness over the land onto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, and Eli, Eli, Samatha that is to say, My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard, that said, This man called for Elijah, and straightway one of ran and, and took sponge and filled it with vinegar, put it, we gave it to him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elijah come and save him. Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yield up the ghost. He died for you and me, the greatest Passover of all time. For you and I. For you and I. That's what the Passover is about. That's what the resurrection is. It's new life. At the last minute, the thief cried out, today could be your day of salvation. My lovely wife will close us in prayer now
3: heavenly father thank you so much for sending your son your only son to us and father we just pray today that you would be glorified that anyone who's listening right now they can call on the name of the lord and they will be saved so jesus we thank you and we praise you every day in jesus
2: name amen in jesus name we love you happy easter happy passover but what i call it is happy resurrection we love you and thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. God bless you.
1: Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas.
4: Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives monday through thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023 visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross